Join us today during the Jeep Celebration event. Right now, get 20% below MSRP for an average of 15178 under MSRP on the purchase of a 2023 Jeep Grand Cherokee Overland 4xe or Summit 4xe. Not compatible with lease offers or with any other consumer and set of offers. 15,178 average based on 20% below average MSRP from all 2023 Grand Cherokee Overland 4xE and Summit 4xE models in dealer stock. Residency restrictions apply. Take retail delivery from dealer stock by 4-1. Jeep is a registered trademark. And welcome to Practical Parenting Podcast, Baby Whisperer. I'm your host, Erin Craven. For the past few episodes, we've been focusing on the one thing new parents worry about most, sleep. Is my baby getting enough? How to get them to sleep? What if they don't sleep? And as we'll discover in this episode, just when you think you've got it all figured out, everything changes and you're back to square one, thanks to what's known as sleep regression. Once again, we're joined by the wonderful Judy Tripodi, child and family health expert from Tresillian Family Centres. Judy, thanks for joining us. Thank you, Erin. Very happy to be here again. So what is sleep regression and is it normal? Okay, so what I'll first say, Erin, in regards to the word sleep regression, which um, I often hear all the time, it just has such a negative connotation to it and it just sort of makes things sound really bad that there's something really bad happening with your baby. So from a Tresillian perspective, what we would say is that sleep just changes and that's really quite normal in answer to that question. Uh, we usually find it can take at least 6 to 12 months for um, most babies to learn the skills to sleep really well and self-settle well. Um, and But during that time, uh, sleep can change. And so it's just sort of acknowledging that. It's not that it's regressing backwards, that you're doing something wrong, that they've suddenly lost all these skills to know how to self-settle. Feels like it sometimes. <laughs> yeah. No, it's just that um, sleep changes. Yeah. And what age are we talking about here? Okay, so we could probably say from three to four months on. <laughs> Just when you thought you had it all worked out. <laughs> yeah, so we've got through all that whole crying unsettled episode and you might find you have a window of maybe a few weeks or a month where baby's sleeping a little bit better and then suddenly their sleep changes. So um, I would, so I usually think say from three to four months onwards, mm -hmm. maybe up to age two. Mm -hmm. at, yeah, at any time, you might go through a patch of where their sleep changes, where suddenly they're waking up more in the day, they're waking up more at night, and you're just having to give a bit more support. And that's because, Erin, um, one of the main reasons for that is um, because of baby's development. In the first two years of life, there's a huge amount of developmental growth in their brain and baby learning new skills. And it seems to be these larger body movement skills like um, rolling, yeah. uh, say sitting, standing, walking, which just because baby's more active, this can regress or change their sleep. And that's just during that period you're needing to offer probably a little bit more support to help them um, settle. Also, another interesting aspect too is after six months of age, and this can happen right up to age three, uh, babies can get what we call more clingy. Mm. 
where they really want to be with their mum or their dad, their main caregiver. And we actually have a word for this called separation anxiety. And it's actually, Erin, a really normal and healthy aspect of your baby's emotional development. It shows to us that they've got a really close bond and attachment, which is really what we know underpins good mental health moving forward. So just recognising those developmental changes are normal. It's not that there's anything bad. It's not that your baby sleeps regressed or gone backwards doing anything wrong. It's just a normal part of their development. I like that you said it often coincides with uh, a new milestone. Yes. Um, and I think, you know, that's referred to as the wonder weeks. I yes. guess in some ways it's an exciting time because if you are getting that change in sleep pattern that, you know, you might be finding that they are going to do a new trick like roll over or walk or something like that. It's quite exciting. Yeah, exactly. And it's just because when, when we when we had spoken in previous podcasts about babies' um, sleep cycles and when they have this active sleep in particular, when they're going into that more um, – active and light sleep stage, just being more mobile and active um, and moving around the cot and that can sort of trigger them more to wake up. And yeah, so it's just one of these sort of tricky and challenging um, times that you have to weather. I should make a point here that um, when it comes to supporting him, supporting the baby during this period is often parents think it's a quick option, like, oh, I'll do this for a few days what you've suggested to me, and then baby sleep will improve. But we're looking at the long haul here, Erin, which could be at least four to eight weeks or more, depending on the age of the child. Yeah. Are there anything that you, any advice that you can give to to help us through that period? Yeah. Um, I think as we've chatted about in previous podcasts, really revisit all those aspects of how you put your baby to sleep and how they learn to sleep um, independently and self-settle. So once again, look at their bedtime routine. For the older baby in particular, am I doing unhelpful sleep associations? We mentioned in previous podcasts, feeding to sleep, holding to sleep, the dummy perhaps, Mm -hmm. sharing the same bed with your baby. Is that preventing them from moving forward to develop the skills to, to settle more independently? That will certainly help with this sleep these developmental changes that that happen with sleep. And then the sleep environment, this is in particular too another time where if you've got a busy lifestyle, babies in the car having naps in the pram, you might need to pull back to try to have baby at home more often sleeping in their cot Mm -hmm. because that will have a really good flow on effect to the night's sleep. And then look at your routine too. Are you all over the place? or you have no routine. Babies really feel safe and um, just sort of behave generally better if they have a structure to their day. Um, I think that's reflective of school, very much structure there at school. So it's important for small children and babies to have structure with when they're fed, how much uptime they have when you're looking to put them to sleep. So that's when we chatted before about the feed, play and sleep pattern of care. And then um, certainly you might need to use more of those settling methods, which are all on our website, the Tresillion Responsive Settling Methods, which are age appropriate. Um, We always suggest first perhaps to put baby down when they're quiet or calm or slightly drowsy, walk out of the room maybe briefly, give baby a bit of space to self-settle. And you're listening though, how baby's going. If they're getting more distressed, certainly go in. 
And being age appropriate, a younger baby, you might want to offer some hands on settling in the cot. Um, an older baby, you could even sit next to the cot, try to pull back on the amount of touch you're giving, try to support them more with your presence and your voice. But certainly if ever they're really distressed and they need to be picked up and cuddled to help calm down, then do that. Yeah. I think this time is probably more challenging than than the first few weeks, to be honest. Uh, it is because it's normally um, longer. And I think if people are going back to work or um, just their lifestyles are generally busy, it, it tends to be one of these things you have to invest the time. I always say to parents um, to help your babies and infants to learn good sleep behaviours, you have to be consistent and practice. Every nap is an opportunity to practice and consistency is really the key to success. But don't think it's going to be in a short time frame because we had mentioned how sleep can change when they're going through developmental leaps. So that's where you have to be mindful of that, that you may have to, it'll be a lot of toing and froing with all of this. Tell us the good news though, it will get better, won't it? It will. I can offer you hope that if you're consistent <laughs> and if you're, and if you have helpful sleep associations. So you're really wanting to, as the child's getting older, especially say by the first birthday, to really be pulling back on like avoiding feeding to sleep, mm. avoiding holding them and putting them down to sleep. You're really at that point wanting to be able to put your child in the cot and be able to walk away or be able to support them if needed just by sitting next to the cot, maybe a quick tap on on them or a quick tap on their arm or a quick stroke or a pat on the mattress. You're wanting to pull back on a lot of that um, hands-on support. And that's hard, isn't it? It is. And um, and it depends too, Erin, on the temperament of the child. You know, if you've got a child who's a little bit more clingier than another and also um, the parent is a really big factor mm. here. There's many uh, mothers and fathers who find it really difficult to let go. And even uh, the slightest little bit of distress, even if it's just a whinge and not really a cry, um, builds up anxiety in them. Yeah. And and so it's easier said than done. A lot of this stuff's easier said than done. And, and I can walk through and do the steps with the families. But then if they say to me, they're finding they're not moving forward, then, then I look at their own feelings and mm. what and what do they find challenging with um with doing this and trying to strike a balance what works for you yeah we're all a bit big softies aren't we you you do yeah. feel a little bit mean i remember when my son gave up his dummy and he cried and i cried <laughs> with it him is, yes. because i felt like the worst person in the world yeah well, and that's why we don't do this control crying anymore i'm really gobsmacked when parents say to me oh i've been doing this control crying or crying it out at Tresillion for many, many years now, we say, don't let your child cry for too long because it'll just extend the amount of time before they can go to sleep. So always um, age appropriate again, an older 12-month-old could cry immediately <laughs> and cry quite loud um, as soon as you leave them. So you might have to give just a little bit of space, maybe a minute or two before you go back in to support to support your child. But um, yeah, at Tresillion, our settling techniques, which are all on our tip sheets on our website, um, what underpins it is that we're always listening to the baby's distress and being guided by that. And when it gets more intense, when we're at a place where we think, no, this isn't right, then we go in and help support them to soothe. 
Yeah. What are some of the other things? You mentioned the development milestones, but things like teething can obviously have a big impact on sleep as well. Certainly. Um, Teeth's a biggie. I just don't want people to think of teething as a crutch, (laughs) that all their teeth are like a year (laughs) and their sleep is still really bad. Um, In respect to teething, usually it's about three to five, possibly seven days that we will allow teething to be a cause of the sleep um, problem because we we know it happens, it disturbs Mm. sleep um, before um, well, you, you allow that window, and if it goes any longer than that, then it could be other things. Um, so uh, what to do with that is um, in the day, what I suggest is just try to help those teeth come up through the gum. So things like chewing on teething rings, uh, finger foods, you can gently massage the gums, can all assist the teeth to erupt a little bit quicker and, and hopefully go back to better sleep. Excellent. When should I be concerned about my baby's sleep patterns? When should I be calling you guys or when should I worry that there's something more serious going on? I think when there's any time that concerns you, as we've mentioned all the way along, every baby, every family is very individual. Um, a lady, for example, that might have pre-existing anxiety or depression might get more concerned sooner than a lady who's a little bit more resilient or chilled um, with with what she's doing. At the end of the day, Erin, there's no right or wrong way for any of this um, stuff that we've been chatting about. If it's a problem for you, then I think chat uh, first to your child and family health nurse. Uh, you can contact um, us at Tresillion on our phone line, our live chat, and then we could really tag for you, is this normal? maybe give you some hints or we might think, no, you might benefit from some extra support from our services. Fantastic. And I guess the thing to remember is that they do eventually sort themselves out. They do. And um, hopefully sooner than later. Um, but but certainly you don't need to persist or think, um, no, this is like, this is just how it is. At any age, um, if you're concerned, even the very young baby, there's certainly things that we can help build up your skills and your confidence in how to manage and, and develop your, your child's sleep long term. And Judy, we touched on development milestones and teething. Is there anything else that can affect your baby's sleep patterns? Oh, certainly, Erin, there's lots. (laughs) Um, Just small babies and um, infants, sleep is just really sensitive. Um, A biggie is when they're sick. So um, they often will be more wakeful when a child is unwell. And I sort of think that's nature's way for us to be up and keeping an eye on our babies um, when when they're um, not well. And then we also can have when they get their immunizations between, say, 24 to 48 hours post-immunization, babies can um, be unsettled. And this can also impact and um, cause more wakefulness and changes to their sleep. Uh, we have the dreaded travel. Mm. I think that that's a huge one, um, especially when people go overseas for long periods. And like most times when we travel, different environment, busy, off looking at certain things. I think even myself, I usually have bad sleep when I travel. So you can just imagine what it would be like for um, a small baby. And um, so that's that's also really quite common. Uh, we have um, of interest for like an older child when a new baby comes in the family. The older child's sleep can change a little bit where they can be a little bit more difficult putting down at bedtime and that. And that's just them getting used to the new baby. So you might want to allow like at least about a six-month 
period there for a, a turnover. Um, moving home is another is another factor. Busy lifestyles, and another one with more working mothers. Erin is um, ladies going back to work and the children in childcare. Yeah, so that can be really quite tricky and giving um, a bit of time there because that can definitely change their sleep. Absolutely. Well, thank you so much, Judy. Thank you for giving me the opportunity to be here to join in these podcasts as well. It's been such fabulous advice. And remember, you can get more practical advice at practicalparenting.com.au. In the next episode, we're going to start focusing on something completely different in your parenting journey, and that's feeding. So whether it's struggling with breastfeeding or when to start solids, what's baby-led feeding, and when should you do it? So until then, we'd love for you to rate, review, and subscribe to the Baby Whisperer podcast. If you feel you'd like to speak to someone, please reach out to Tresillian at tresillian.org.au. We'll see you next time on the next episode of Practical Parenting's Baby Whisperer podcast. Bye for now.